Good morning and welcome. It's the Patriot Radio News Hour live on this Monday, the 20th of March. I hope all of you have recovered from St. Patrick's Day. The green beer was flowing. Everybody was dressed in green. My wife and I, we actually were out in the... The green beer. Every Irish pub in the city was packed. Uh, we had some friends in town, and we uh, we partook a little bit. But you know, we're getting older now, and uh, I don't know. Sometimes it loses its appeal. It was a little too crowded, and you know, usually by about nine. You know, we, I think we stayed out a little later, so I think we were home by by about eleven, which is pretty late for us. But uh, even then. I still needed to take a rest on Saturday. I needed a nap on Saturday to recover from being out till 11 o'clock on Friday. I hope all of you have had a great weekend. And now we get ready for the, I guess we're trying to find the pot of gold. We have our first official winner of the, the Facebook challenge, uh, Paul. One of uh, one of the people that entered right on the number seventeen dollars thirty seven cents is where silver ended the week. We had one person uh, with the correct answer, and he is the winner of our first ever contest, the Eisenhower Proof Dollar. Uh, Paul, we we sent Paul a message through Facebook today. Uh, and all you need to do is call us, get his address, and we'll ship it right out to you. If you haven't liked us or followed us or whatever it is that you're supposed to do, do it. Uh, we are really going to start ramping up uh, what we do on Facebook. Uh, go out to our website, allamericangold.com, and right under where the spot prices are, you'll find it. Like us there. Uh, we're on Twitter at Patriot Trading One, and we got uh, the podcast as well. So, so many ways to follow us uh, and keep yourself in the know 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, Ramon, another great job on the website again today. All kinds of news and articles and videos to keep everybody informed. And then, of course, our toll free number 800 951 Take the time. Make sure you're putting materials away. Make sure you're getting ready. You know, you really start thinking about all the things uh, that that have been happening and and how incredible it's been. Even just you know, just go back to 2000 and how quickly things have changed. You know, you think about 2000 and and the deficit was, you know, what, six, five, high fives, low six trillion, right? It's now 20, well, it's frozen, right? We, we, we're, we're under uh, extraordinary measures, right? The debt ceiling, we have a Fed's funds rate at three quarters of 1% which excluding the 10 years at zero, (laughs) this would be an all-time record low rate. 
three-quarters of a percent. We had a Fed, Federal Reserve, they had a balance sheet of about $700 billion in 2000. It's now $4.5 trillion. We've had negative rates all over the globe. Things that they said, economically speaking, were, were not feasible that would lead to horrible economic environments are being done and, and really the grand experiment that we continue to live in. And then you start thinking about, you know, gold was, what, not even $300. Now, uh, what is it, 1234 1235 as gold gold's up again today, again following that pattern of rising after rate hikes. And uh, you think about there may be two more hikes this year. Uh, possibilities really are endless. You think about Silver Eagle. But 4 million, 5 million ounces in 2000. Almost 50 million ounces sold last year. And it really is incredible. And, and you really start to, to wonder where things are really headed and, and how big these numbers have gotten. And, and you start to realize that something horribly, it, it, something's gone horribly wrong. You know, and you start thinking about, hey, everybody has kind of resigned themselves that we're going to run trillion-dollar deficits. And I'm sitting there, and I'm telling you, those deficits are going to be two and three trillion. You think about a Fed funds rate that had averaged over five percent over almost a hundred years of the Federal Reserve. And now we're sitting here and we're debating the whether this quarter of a point should have been done at all. And we have all of this economic data that seems to conflict with one another. Right? We don't know what to believe. Is it the jobs number? Is it the GDP number? Do we believe the unemployment rate or do we believe the average hourly earnings? And this is why I think you're seeing uh, gold and silver building a base for another rally. Patriot Radio News Hour will return after the break. Patriot Radio News Hour. On this Monday, our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. I have a unique opportunity again today. And really, you think about some of the specials we've done this year. I mean, they've been incredible. And we, we've talked about how premiums have never been this low. And I and I guess I can't say never, uh, but we you know we've been doing this twenty one years. And to 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 see premiums this low, and 
uh, one of our customers had sent me an email. Why is it? Why are premiums so low? And really, it's it's a culmination of of re- things that you learned in school. You know, back in the day. I don't know that it would. It doesn't qualify as modern economics. No, this is the way back economics, economics 101, supply and demand. We've had since Donald Trump became president-elect. A lot of people feel better. And I think about, you know, the majority of our customers, and when I think you would agree, right? When I mean, I don't want to say every one of our customers, but I mean the vast majority of our customers were Trump supporters. Wouldn't you say? I mean, I don't want to. If I was to put a number, I would think at least ninety, probably ninety percent of our customers. Do you think that's too high of a number? No, it's not too high. No, we are Trump supporters. Right. That's the bottom line. And and. You, you've seen a lot, We and Wendy will tell you this, we've seen probably more selling in the last four months than we've seen in the last four years combined. Yes, there's a lot of people selling. A lot of selling happened. Yes. And then the, the people that were normally doing the buying, right, are not doing the buying because they want to wait and they want to see, and, and so you've had a, a perfect storm which is allowed for these premiums to fall to historic low levels. That's why we can do what we do when we run our special. And, and, and today we have another opportunity, the lowest price this year. This year, yes. And you think about gold's well off the bottom from this year. As a matter of fact, really, if you think about it, gold's almost near the highs of the year. On U.S. five-dollar liberties, these are the 1866 to 1907, the quarter ounce, the fractional. And you know, we always talk about how, you know, you buying a fractional gold piece anywhere close to a one-ounce piece is a great opportunity. Um, and, and today, the lowest price we've run these all year long was early in the year. Gold was was below twelve hundred dollars an ounce, and we were running those. We ran them at three forty five. Right. That was the lowest price this year, which probably and I'm and and maybe somewhere around a thousand fifty from two years ago, maybe you could buy them at that price, and outside of that little time period, you'll probably have to go back 12 years, 13 years, maybe 14 years to have bought them this this inexpensively. Uh, They're $340 per coin. Which is a great price. Uh, It's unbelievable. And and there's 120 of them. So, so there's, right. and, which is really, it's, it's a decent amount. Right. It's a decent amount of, of $5 libs. Uh, you think about it, it's about 30 ounces. Uh, if you, if you, you know, every four of them is an ounce, so about 30 ounces total at $340 at 800 
nine five one zero five nine two if you want to put it on a credit card we'll add five bucks okay so it'll be three forty five which would match the lowest price this year if you use credit card uh, visa mastercard american express and discover I'm going to limit you to 20. That way we, you know, if, if some some of you want to buy a large quantity, I want to make sure everyone gets an opportunity. Limit 20. These are the U.S. $5 Liberties. Not to be confused with the one-tenth ounce American Gold Eagle. These are the Liberties, uh, $340, the lowest price of the year. Uh, and really, you start thinking about the pattern gold's on, and the rate hikes and the rate hike cycle, just a great opportunity uh, to get in, and and we just don't know when it's going to last, how long it's going to last, uh, but but that's, you know, when you think about it, it makes a lot of sense. I heard the same things happening to uh, gun sales. Very similar, right? You think about it, well, most of the gun buyers out there were probably Trump supporters and people feel good about it, but it is creating a great opportunity. And really, it's hard, right? You always want to you wanna buy low and sell high. Well, here's your opportunity to buy low. Uh, it's, it's almost, <laughs> you can't, you can't buy low and sell high if you don't buy low. So this is the first, part you got to do the first part uh doesn't mean you'll (laughs) you'll sell it high but at least you'll have bought it low five dollar libs three hundred and forty dollars eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two just to put it into a little more perspective of where we've come twenty dollars in 1971 and you know on this show I like to revert to 1971 because that's really the first time you could really compare gold to paper. You know, you think about before that time, gold was money, right? Gold was money in this country all the way up until 1933. However, after the government confiscated gold at twenty dollars, and they gave you a, a you know they paid you twenty dollars sixty seven cents. Ninety days later, they raised the price to thirty five. You weren't allowed to own any gold, right? Remember, the only gold you got to keep was collectible coins. Is that important? I think it is. You know, these $5 liberties that we're selling, those fit that criteria. And then you think about from 1933 to 1971, you couldn't even own gold in this country. Matter of fact, the only people that could own it, outside of the collectibles, jewelers, artists, dentists, right, for the filling. I mean, it was a very, very small list. And then in 1971, Richard Nixon closed the gold window. And I gave the story. I've told you why. It's not what you read about on TV. 
Matter of fact, when you hear Richard Nixon in his address to the nation, he blamed it. You know, essentially, he didn't blame it on bankers. No, but he blamed it on, I guess, the modern, what would be the equivalent of the modern era hedge fund managers. Right, the manipulators. And they were destroying the U.S. dollar. And, of course, you start thinking about all, all of the nations that were returning $35 to get gold. And how the how we went from 20,000 metric tons of gold down to eight. So you think about right after World War II, we've got 20,000 metric tons of gold. And from 1950 to 1970, 1971, we went from 20,000 metric tons down to eight. So they closed the gold window and said, that's it. We won't even allow for foreign government to trade dollars for gold. And we played the clip last week where the U.S. Mint director told the, gave his little uh, interview where he, where he says he seen the gold at Fort Knox. <laughs> but it's not what you think it would look like, remember? Because they left all the impurities from the coins that they confiscated and they had put them into bricks. And he just said there was a lot of them. And take his word for it. And you start thinking about how $20 in 1971. And by the way, they, they set the price of gold and went from 20 to 35 They set it at $42. So you needed a couple of 20s, right? And you needed a couple of ones to get a, an ounce of gold. You think about $42. And what $42 would be the equivalent today? In other words, how much, if you had buried $42, you put it into the wall, you put it into a coffee can. Do you know that today you would need over $250 to buy what $42 bought in 1971, according to the government? And really, when you think about it, that's what the Federal Reserve has done. If you like that, if you think that's good economics, that somehow that leads to a more prosperous nation where you take the buying power and destroy it, then you probably have liked what the Federal Reserve has done. You know, when you think about The fact that the United States didn't mint any gold from 1933. They didn't mint their first new gold coin until 1986. So in 1970s, if you wanted to buy gold, 
you had a few, a few choices. You could buy Krugerrands or Maple Leafs or gold bars because the United States didn't mint any gold. Matter of fact, in the Coinage Act, Gold Eagle Act of 1985, that's when the United States made a distinction in gold. And they said, hey, this one type of gold is going to be a collectible, and these other types are going to be bullion. And the only thing that they declared collectible, in the act anyway, was pre-1933 U.S. minted gold, at least what remained. If we, you know, obviously, uh, as we learned from the former mint director, the United States did, and this is well known, they did melt down the vast majority of those coins. But as I said to you on, on Friday, a lot of foreign governments held that type of gold. And that was the gold that was left. And that gold was considered to be collectible. All other forms were considered to be bullion. Right? It's the same reason when you look at an IRA today, you can't put any pre-33 U.S. gold in it. We think there's a reason for that, and that's why we do what we do. Uh, U.S. $5 libs. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, the conservative pro-family broadcast of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, a leading voice for the sanctity of life, traditional education, the Constitution, and American sovereignty. Now, from the Phyllis Schlafly Center Studios, here's Ryan Haidt. A decade ago, Phyllis Schlafly published her book entitled The Supremacists, which sounded the alarm bells about how the federal judiciary has elevated itself above the other two branches of government. This is the opposite of what the founders intended when they created the federal courts to be the least dangerous part of the federal government. On February 3rd, a single federal judge sitting in Seattle, Washington, blocked a common-sense immigration order by the newly elected President Trump as he attempted to protect our nation against migration from countries associated with terrorism. Those nations were Iran, Iraq, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, Syria, and Yemen. This solitary federal judge issued a sweeping temporary restraining order that tied Trump's hands nationwide and prevented him from implementing his mandate from the American people to protect us. In contrast with the ability of a CEO of a private business to implement his agenda, the President of the United States, Donald Trump, is finding that activist courts will block much of what he tries to accomplish. President Trump's immigration order was being enforced by the temporary attorney general he installed in D.C. after the prior one had refused to enforce Trump's order. Upwards of 60,000 visas were being revoked from those nations, but those visas were then abruptly restored against the will of the Trump administration. Federal judges hold unelected lifetime positions and can only be removed through impeachment by Congress, which has never happened based on judicial rulings. The underused method for reining in an overreaching judiciary is for Congress to withdraw its jurisdiction or for the president to decline to enforce its orders. Some of the temporary restraining orders may be reversed or curtailed on appeal or in subsequent rulings, but liberals bring multiple lawsuits on issues like these until they win and it is affirmed. 
Several prior presidents, including Thomas Jefferson, Andrew Jackson, and Abraham Lincoln, stood up against federal courts when they grabbed power beyond their rightful role under the Constitution. The checks and balances in our Constitution should flow both directions. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Can activist judges be stopped? Or will they continue to overturn laws with no regard for the Constitution or the will of the people? To share your viewpoint on never-elected supremacist judges, go to pseagles.com and join the blog conversation. That's pseagles.com. Thanks for listening, and join us next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Our toll-free number, 800-951-0592-77. libs remain the cheapest price of the year at $340. Our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. You know, one of the things people don't know when the government confiscated the gold in 1933, they decided that they needed to give the illusion of backing the money. So they created the Silver Purchase Act of 1934. Matter of fact, when you look it up, 1935 was the largest year ever for silver imports into the United States. The act itself reestablished silver as a backing for our money on a four-to-one ratio. Really what that means is they wanted to have enough silver to get to a four to one gold to silver ratio, a stockpile. And you think about all the gold that they just collected, right? They just confiscated it all. And they they wanted to purchase over a billion ounces of silver. So in 1935, I think they imported, I don't know, what the 470, 400, I don't know, half a million ounces. It was a huge number. And I only bring that up because the price of silver was 44 cents in 1934. And that, that act, almost doubled it to 77, right? Again, economics 101, supply and demand, that makes sense. And then, of course, by the time Bill Clinton became president, so you think about, okay, we confiscated the gold, then we bought a bunch of silver so we could assure the world and the American public Look at all the gold we have. Look at all the silver we have. We know that the gold went from 20,000 metric tons down to eight. And it's 
been at 8,000 metric tons for the last, what, 40-some-odd years. Silver. After the act, we bought all this silver, and we had a 4-to-1 ratio. Matter of fact, the number 473 million million ounces of silver was imported in 1935. Now we have zero silver. Under President Clinton, they ordered the remaining of the silver stockpile to be eliminated. And now, today, something very, very interesting has been happening. The United States, and this kind of speaks of where demand has gone. You know, demand for silver, imported silver into the United States in 1971 wasn't even 70 million ounces. By 1980, it was 79 million ounces. You know, you think about it, you even had the Hunt Brothers cornering the market right in the 70s and right around that time. By 1990, it was 107 million ounces. By 2000, it hit 131 million ounces. 2010, 183 million ounces. Last year, 196 million ounces. And that was just imports into the United States. Total silver supply was 887 million ounces. So just the United States. And we've been, you know, we mined some silver here. You think about just the United States. We took up over 20% of all the mined silver in the entire world last year. And then you think about China, right, and the consumption. Really, you know, you think about all the technology. It's all built there. I don't have the number, and maybe I, I and uh, I apologize, and hopefully I can come up with how much silver China imported. But again, I keep going back to you know the supply and demand, and you start looking at real numbers. The demand for silver and gold in historic terms over the over the decades has never been greater. And we have this this anomaly that's occurred inside of that uh really since Trump won the election. And and you start thinking about all of the the stockpiles. We went from hundreds of millions matter of fact we had over a billion ounces of silver in stockpiles. And now we have none. We had 20,000 metric tons of gold. And we're down to eight, allegedly. Right? They won't even conduct a real audit for us to, to verify. You think about what happened for most of the 90s, all the way up, really, to probably 05. Every year, Europe 
would enter into agreements as to how much gold they were going to sell every year. And they would sell 500 metric tons of gold a year, and they did so every year. And then the crash happened. Do you know how much gold they've sold since then? Now think about it. They went from 500 metric tons. That's a lot of gold. By the way, metric ton is 32,150 ounces, which is, what, 16 million ounces of gold a year. Now they sell essentially none. Matter of fact, not only are they not selling any gold, some countries are adding. Other countries are what? Repatriating. And you're kind of wondering, what is everybody getting ready for? We're going to talk about that next. Welcome back, Patriot Radio News Hour. Our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. Again, the special today, U.S. $5 Liberties, 1866 to 1907. They meet the minimum criteria to be collectibles without paying any collectible premium. Uh, the lowest price of the year at three hundred and forty dollars per coin at eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. And before the break, we were talking about what the silver demand for the Chinese was and for twenty sixteen and I and it looks like the closest thing that I can find is the Chinese want to have 800 million ounces by 2020. And so when you think about total mine supply only being 887 this year, the fact that we, we imported 196 million not to mention how much silver we produce here. Another, you know, when you look at it, another reason why you kind of look at gold and silver and think, wow, the price can only be higher. You know, you look how much demand has been taken off the table. I mean, supply, I'm sorry, demand. How much supply has been taken off the table? Right? We sold every ounce of silver we had in our stockpile. Imports of silver haven't been this high in decades. Almost a century. Of course, matter of fact, if you take out the, the Silver Act of 1934, it probably would be a century. Then you think about in Europe. They used to put 500 metric tons of gold out on the market every year. Now they don't put any. 
And I should say, and you know, somebody may sell a metric ton here or there. But essentially, they don't put out any. It's gone. And then you start looking at the demand. And it doesn't matter what country it's in. In the United States, Canada, Mexico, Australia, right? Germany, France, England, China, India. All of these things are the same. And you look at how hard all of these central banks have gone to try to convince everybody not to own it. And, you know, it, it, it's kind of like they keep trying to, to, you know, like making a fist and get control of it and everything's slipping out of their fingers. They banned ownership in this country for almost 40 years. They closed the gold window to prevent us, what, from not having any. We liquidated all the silver stockpiles that we had. Right? We, we, we created full fiat floating money since 1971. Right? We're, we're working on the new electronic currencies. And yet people's demand for gold and silver has never been higher. Why is that? And this is really what you need to be asking yourself. Do you think that it's going to be better when the deficit's $30 trillion versus twenty, Is it going to be better when it's $40 trillion instead of twenty? Do you think gold and silver are going to be higher or lower as the Federal Reserve's continuing to devalue the currency? Do you think at 2% inflation, what's gold going to be worth at 3% or 4 or 10. Start thinking about the new digital currencies. Do you think when they decide to go cashless that people are going to be stocking up on their gold and silver before it happens? And this is why I said, you know, in order to buy low and sell high, the first thing you have to do is to be able to buy low. And that's where we come in uh, on these U.S. $5 liberties, the lowest price of the year, $340 at 800-951-0592. Uh, right now, gold's up 3 bucks, $1,233 in change. Silver's up $0.03, cents, I guess that figures. Uh, $17.41. There was no economic data out here in the United States today. Uh, the only thing that, that really of any, I guess, big importance of the Supreme Court nominee is in front of Congress Gorsuch uh, trying to get approval uh, from uh, economic projections or economic news out there, 
Uh, the only thing that happened, German GDP. So this is Germany, the bright spot of the Eurozone. They're saying 1.4% GDP growth for Germany in 2017. And again, just the industrialized world, no matter how much debt and money they print, can't seem to get economic growth. Patriot Radio News Hour, final segment coming up. Final segment on a Monday. So I guess economically the United States below 2% GDP. Germany below 2% GDP. And the Federal Reserve is trying to assume that things are just getting better and they're raising rates. And remember, I talked about how, you know, the Federal Reserve claimed that they fixed everything how many times during the last Great Depression? Right? The stock market crashed in 1929. And if you want to believe Ben Bernanke, it wasn't the Federal Reserve's fault. The Fed governor of New York, Strong was his name, he gave confidence to Wall Street. And when he died, that's why it happened. The, the crash happened. Of course, that really... You know, if you think about it, if you need to believe that, then then uh, I guess I got lakefront property to sell you right out here in the middle of the desert. And then they said confiscating gold was going to fix it. Right? Shut the banks for seven days and confiscate the gold, and that was going to fix it. Then in 1937, they said, see, it finally worked. And they started raising rates in earnest. And that was going to fix it. Unfortunately, we went right back into another recession. Which is what a lot of people say Janet Yellen's fixing to do here. And that really, the only reason we came out of it was World War II. And then I think about what Daniel Martino Booth said in her interview. Remember how she closed it? talking about how the whole world, especially the developed world, people are upset everywhere. Right? You got the Trump supporters, you were happy, right? But the other half of the country isn't. And that's everywhere in the developed world and talking about what? Talking about most people now having a hard time just living. And some form of war is likely. And I and I guess I think about, well, that would fit the pattern. I mean, maybe that'll be the only way out uh, before that does. Take the time. <laughs> I hope not. But it sure is starting to... I don't like coincidence. I don't believe in that. But, you know, you start putting these things together. And, and you know, they always say history repeats itself. 
even though despite that it's out there, right, and they talk about, oh, we've learned from history, we've learned this and we learned that, and most times now we didn't. And I don't know. I really don't. I don't I don't see what it is that Janet Yellen and these other central banks claim to see. I don't. I don't see how I don't see how we get out. I know we can't get out by printing money. That I know. US five dollar liberties, lowest price of the year, they're three hundred and forty dollars at eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Everybody take care. God bless everybody. Enjoy the beautiful weather out there, and we'll talk again tomorrow.